What's up, my people? Welcome to Fellowship Bible Church's Sermon Spotlight, where we're coming at you each and every week with a fresh weekend, a debrief, and an effort to send biblical truth. What better way to do that than by the power of conversation? I'm one of your hosts, Kayla Pearson, joining me in the host spotlight. She's back with us, Miss Abby Lindeberg. Abby, how are you? Good. Good. Happy birthday month. Thank you. Uh, everyone's Full wishing you a birthday two weeks early, but it's part of the month, <laughs> so it's a whole big thing. Uh, thanks for being here. Yeah. Appreciate it. Uh, he's back with us uh, in the pulpit uh, the week before and this past week, Mark Carey. Mark, how you doing, my friend? Good. Good. Yep, we're good. So we're launching. We're launching Daniel, my guy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. We're here. Look at us, huh? Yes. We made it. Who would have <laughs> yep, thought? That, that's um, right. Who would have thought? So we do this. This glory of God foundation, and now we have this. This book of Daniel introduction, and and we talk a lot about geography, a lot about history, uh, world leaders, kind of setting the mm-hmm. stage, the context for that. I'll ask some questions about that. But Abby, I'll come your way first. What, what, what stood out to you this past weekend? What's your experience with Old Testament stuff like this? Are you, are you grasping it? Is it all new? Because I'm, I'm kind of in a similar boat of like, I definitely did not know that. Who's that guy? But all that checks out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I appreciate the timeline because I think normally mm. we don't always read the Bible chronologically. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of mm-hmm. helpful. Like some of the stories I do know, some of them I don't. So it was it's nice to like have a timeline leading up to, okay, now this is where we are in mm-hmm. Daniel. Um, but I did want to ask one question. Um, you talked about Nebo and how that was like part of their names. Is that also like Mount Nebo that's in Israel? Is no. The same? My understanding is different. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was just curious. I think. Yeah. That's a good question. I thought of that, but I didn't have time to go check it out. Um, I don't know if there's a connection. Gotcha. Interesting. But it's spelled the same. Spelled the same. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Nebo, the god Nebo, it, there's various variations. It, it, it's, it can be Nabu, N-A-B-U. Okay. Um, various, but Nebu's, Nebo is what, um, yeah, we, we should check it up. See yeah. if there's a connection between Mount Nebo where, where Moses died. Yeah. And um, that'd be, that'd be interesting. interesting. Yeah. I, certainly, uh, of course, now that's that goes back hundreds of years earlier, mm-hmm. centuries earlier. And uh, did you ever take a world history class in, at university, college and stuff like Just that? Just high school stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Yeah, ancient school. Sumerian history and, uh, the, you know, the mm-hmm. Akkadian, the Gilgamesh epic, the various, mm-hmm. uh, there's, um, it, it, of course, I find it all interesting, um, but there are this intertwining, God chose to um, raise up a people and to live out his purposes in a in a real world scene that he had created. And mm-hmm. so that's the context. He's not, you know, but it's not being lived out in the solar system or Mars or some faraway galaxy. It's here mm-hmm. on this planet with real nations and real people. And um so it is kind of all intertwined. So God's people, you know, Israel, they they were raised up in a in a particular geographical context, and Egypt was a real place. And there was the while they were slaves there, there was real stuff going on in other parts of uh, mm. you know the world, and that were happening in people's lives and gods and goddesses that were raised up. So. It, to me, it's all very fascinating and interesting. Yeah. And so Mount Nebo, 
I'll have to look into that. Yeah. Maybe somebody so, listening knows. So wh why would those details matter? I mean, you're, you're talking about a church going through a book together, right? We're teaching expositional. Why why take the time? And I, I think Abby and I know the answer to this, but why take the time to, okay, here's the map. Here, here's what had just happened, and here's what is happening while we get this account. Whereas we could have just jumped jumped right in and, and tried to read the whole chapter mm -hmm. and then tried to jump to, okay, Lord, what about me? What's the application? Mm -hmm. Why take the time to introduce the book perhaps twice, once with the glory of God in mind and then once mm -hmm. with the historical yeah. context in mind? Well, number one, they're related. So mm -hmm. we, this understanding of God and his, his, the vastness of God and the greatness of God um, it, it sets that sets the stage for some of the content of, of, mm -hmm. of Daniel because in the visions of Daniel, we're going to do real world nation, national nation type stuff. Mm -hmm. So to me, it just kind of fit, uh, it fits to, um, see the, these, these, um, I call it, you know, that geopolitical intrigue that's going on mm -hmm. because God is intertwined and supersedes it all and, and is over and all this he's doing this mm -hmm. like I, I mentioned um i mentioned how pharaoh nacho the second of the egyptians was, came up through mm -hmm. that region of judah on its way to battle um the babylonians to partner with the assyrians um if if you go to that second kings and it's written chronicles too that that account Pharaoh Nico says, God told me this, that Josiah, you, you stay away because God is calling me. Hmm. And the way it's written, it's almost assuming that it was Jehovah Yahweh God. That's hmm. how it comes across. Mm -hmm. God told me I'm doing his work, so stay away. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I have, I have no quarrel with you, Josiah, because God is calling me. Well, it's just kind of like a throwaway verse in there that got, where did that come from? How, but it shows that God was moving yeah. this massive army of this nation as he had moved this nation and army. Mm -hmm. And, 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 and it, this is all according to some grand scheme. So it, it re, again, it reflects back on the, gr the great glory of God mm -hmm. that is um, overseeing all these things and to put I think any study of the book, and I do this often in, in when I, if I'm going through an Old Testament study, put that in its context, in its in its um, geographical and its historical context. Mm -hmm. That's how we interpret Scripture um, as well, and it just makes it's getting that thirty-five thousand foot. The glory of God was like a Hubble space, uh, Hubble telescope view. Mm -hmm. Last Sunday, it was more of a thirty-five thousand, you know, airline view of of what's going on down here, and then we'll get into the, you know, the the microscopic views as well. Sure, but I think it's just valuable. Yeah, which Daniel one wants us to know about, right? It's it, it the text that. is the one. Here yep. are the names and places. So so keep that in mind yeah. as we unpack everything else that's happening. And it was a cool reminder to me of just like God's been using this, and right. it's it it is crazy and dramatic. So we can look at today's crazy and dramatic world and be reminded, okay, God's sovereign. Yeah. He's working here. He's been using this mess and these leaders yeah. in a similar way that he was using them. And and for the people say that Daniel, the, the original audience to whom um, this was written or who would have read, mm -hmm. there would not have necessarily been footnotes needed, Nebo. Mm -hmm. 
right, or yeah. they would have known all that. Sure, you know they they, they it's their context. If we're right. going to come, right, we have to do a little extra homework yeah. to <laughs> put it into so we can understand it. And I think that's the value of it. Yeah, it's good. Uh, you had mentioned this, this this King Josiah. You went to Chronicles for a little bit as well. Uh, what is what is this Josiah's reputation? Uh, as a king, and, and kind of a twofold answer. One is among biblical scholars, or the way people refer to him when they teach about him. But obviously, even in Scripture and himself, is he highly regarded for what he tried to do and what he tasked people to do, or or is yeah. the moral of that story it came up short because their hearts weren't changed? No, I, you read the account in Kings and Chronicles. Um, Josiah is um, is very well uh, respected. He he is. Sincerely, I mean, we read that he um, he did right in the eyes of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Uh, he turned aside. He didn't turn aside from the right or the left. Um, he 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 sought the Lord with his whole heart and soul. I mean, so he's he's spoken of mm-hmm. um, very well, and he was God's man for those thirty-one years that he lived, even though he was a young boy to begin with. He was God's man raised up at that time. Um, a, a breath of fresh air in an otherwise very foul mm-hmm. uh, kingly um, lineage uh, coming off of Hezekiah. So yeah, he's spoken of um, uh, the problem with, or the problem that Josiah had is that um, he didn't have a chance. <laughs> he sure. did not have a chance because if we go to um, it's um Second Kings twenty three, mm-hmm. in Second Kings twenty three, after talking about um, that uh, in the opening verses, or, or the, he talks about the reforms that he made and how he reinstituted the Passover that hadn't. It's in fact it says in verse twenty two of Second Kings twenty three, surely such a Passover had not been celebrated from the days of the judges who judge Israel, nor in all the days of the kings of Israel and the kings of Judah. You mean David didn't? Mm. What Josiah did was you couldn't go back to until Samuel for what the way he did it or whatever it was he did. Hmm. It was rather unique. And he uh, really um, listened to the law when he saw those five books of Moses. I mean, he followed it and it was, it's a stellar reputation. Hmm. Uh, It says, verse 24, moreover, Josiah removed the mediums and the spiritists and the teraphim and the idols and uh, the abominations that were in the land of Judah and Jerusalem, so on and so that he might confirm the words of the law. I mean, he was, Josiah was a Bible man. Mm -hmm. He was a book man and he followed it. Mm -hmm. Um, Before uh, Verse 25, before him, there was no king like him who turned to the Lord with all his heart and with all his soul and with all his might, according to all the law of Moses, nor did any like, wait a minute, what about David? Mm -hmm. Right or the early years of Solomon. I mean, and there were other good kings. Um, But then verse 26 says, However, the Lord did not turn from the uh, fierceness of his great wrath with which which his anger burned against Judah because of all the provocations which Manasseh had provoked him. Hmm. Manasseh had done such evil, and that the -hmm. list of things that he did is, 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 Hmm. the guy was just over the top wicked. 
Josiah becomes king, and it's like he didn't have a chance because it was already set in concrete mm -hmm. that God was going to judge Judah because of all yeah. the sins that his predecessor had done. Turning mm. over, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it, Josiah couldn't have done anything. Mm -hmm. It was ordained by God that judgment was going to come because mm -hmm. of the evil of Manasseh. So what he did mm. and what he accomplished, even though so much of it, he made the people do this. It, it was a forced thing. Um I think you've got to give Josiah uh, high marks mm -hmm. for the for the kind of man he was and the kind of king he was. Sure. But um, he didn't have a chance. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So then leading to his downfall, what? why would he want to challenge um, the Pharaoh? You know, if he's, they're, they're talking about the same God, or they seem to be. Yeah. And he's just trying to pass through. Like, what's... What's the... Yeah. yeah. Who knows? And, and commentaries I read and different... People, things I've read, it was like kind of a mystery. Why? What got into his head? Because it's not a long, it's not a long description of that yeah. whole event. So, and the answer is, we don't know. We don't know. Um, we can talk about it on a again a, a purely geopolitical human frame of mind. Um, that the. the aversion towards Assyria, um, the, the power of Egypt, and he's caught between the two. And here's this Babylonian thing. And so if he can, if the handwriting is on the wall, the Babylonian has already defeated Nineveh and Nabopolassar and, and probably more Nebuchadnezzar, his son, um, has defeated, has pushed the the, the Assyrian army, after getting defeated in Nineveh, they went to Haran. That's where Abraham uh, had gone, and Terah, his father, had died there at Haran. They'd already pushed him out of Haran, too. So the Assyrian army had retreated to Carchemish. That's when, and so the Egyptians are coming, and they're, it was like the world magazines were saying, the world news tonight was saying, man, this Babylonian, this Nebuchadnezzar guy, you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna throw your hat in the ring, throw it with Nebuchadnezzar. And so, it's like he he made a decision. I think based purely on the economics or the 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 wisdom of the time. Just looking at a humanly speaking, I don't want mm -hmm. I don't want the Egyptians because they're right there, mm -hmm. and the Assyrians are right there, and we know their history of centuries. And so, I'm gonna support anybody. So he did not want the Egyptians or the Assyrians to win. So he he does something up there to try to block it. And he hmm. probably just didn't believe Pharaoh, Pharaoh Necho. How that message came to him and says, look, get out of the way. My, you know, God told me to do this. And yeah, sure, you're the Egyptian Pharaoh telling me that. Hmm. We don't know. Mm -hmm. but and, and we don't know if God had communicated to Josiah. Um. So it, we just don't know. Uh, what we do know is that he was defeated, and um, it says archers. He was he kind of disguised himself, and he, the archers killed him, and 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 then uh, his third son, I think it was, takes over the the, the throne. It, it was probably a co-regency, co-regency, and with Jehoiakim. And um, when when Pharaoh Pharaoh's army is defeated up, um, no, yeah, is defeated up there, but they're on their way back. And um, 
when somehow the Egyptians enslave or exact tribute, a very high tri uh, um, um, subject them to taxation, the Egyptians did. So there, Judah is really beholden now to the Egyptians until Nebuchadnezzar comes down in 605 after you know, chasing them away, and then he handles Judah and, and subjects them at that point. So, you know, for the next 19 years, Daniel is one of those young boys that are taken off in 605. Mm -hmm. D Judah doesn't fall completely for 19 years till 586 BC. Mm -hmm. um, so there's a lot of life and a lot of history that is done during that time, that, that almost 20 years, uh, a lot of sad stuff. And the book of Jeremiah is the book that Jeremiah is, is there. Weeping prophet. He's there when and, and all of this. That's mm -hmm. right. He's there at the fall of Jerusalem. We don't know what happened to Jeremiah. Some think that he ended up down in maybe in Ethiopia or, or fled or we don't know. But um, that whole area. That what a focal point for God moving and over oh the years. It's so hard to even in our high school history class memorizing what it was and when and and how it all kept changing shape and and so here's the question yeah is why knowing that why would god tell abram leave in in genesis leave your family ur of the chaldees and go to a land i'm going to show you that promised land there i mean why not instead mm -hmm. of going uh west why don't you say just stay in ur mm -hmm. it's a fertile crescent you know bottom there you know or or go east right <laughs> yeah. where i mean maybe kind of an out of way you can I can work out my plans in a quiet <laughs> sort of way and not worry about, but it's right smack dab. They're kind of in that middle, middle of everything. Right in yeah. the middle of everything. The trade routes, the war routes, the army comes and goes. To this day, that's it's still it's the case. Like, it's a, mm -hmm. That's where God mm -hmm. focuses his whole attention and the plans of the ages right in that area, which is fun if you've Right, ever gone there mm -hmm. to to walk those roads and walk those uh, paths in those oh, areas? Because yeah. that's where it's been at. Yeah, it's crazy. It is. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, it's just a cool reminder that the Lord the Lord's using it all. Yeah. Um, anything else? I have one more question for you, Mark. But before we get to that, anything from this weekend that you're like, man, I'd love to love to expand on that, or when I said this or that, or conversations. Uh, and if not, that's totally fine. But. No, there you know there is. Um, like 150 years earlier, uh, yeah, or more, when Isaiah was writing, um, he mentions, and I was trying to, so in, in Isaiah 46, verse 1, in there's this, he's writing about the judgment of Babylon, Isaiah is, and he actually mentions, Bel has bowed down, that's Marduk, the chief god, Nebo stoops over. Their images are consigned to the beasts and the cattle. The things that carry are burdensome and load for the weary beasts. They stoop over. They have bowed down together. They have not, they could not rescue the burden, but they have themselves have gone into captivity. So here's a prophecy that Isaiah is actually talking about. Like when he wrote that, it's like Marduk and Nebo, Babylon. I mean, they're, they're, they're nothing. Mm -hmm. And here he's talking about Marduk, Bel, and Nebo will bow down and will be taken. Their, their demise, which we'll find in the study of the book of Daniel, that the, mm -hmm. the, the, um, um, 
the world powers are going to shift and change. The, Med the Medo-Persian Empire is going to come. And uh, he, Isaiah will talk about that. He'll raise up Cyrus, my shepherd. Who? <laughs> that's why, by the way, this is another, not that I would have ever included this in, the, in, the, in, a, in a sermon, but certainly in a study of Daniel. People, especially liberal writers, will say there's no way that Daniel or, or this thing I just read in Isaiah, they talk about there's a deuteral and Isaiah, that this second half of Isaiah must have been written long way. after because you mentioned Cyrus or Neba, Marduk and these things. Why, it must have been someone who knew, you know, right? like God can't foretold, foretell <laughs> these things. Same thing with Daniel. All those things that we're going to read about and some of the details later in Daniel, it's like, how did he know that? It must have been written by someone who 300 years later wrote back about this stuff. Well, they just can't accept the fact that God can convey right. stuff that hadn't unfolded yet and yeah. to be written down. Mm -hmm. So the whole the critical study of Daniel is fascinating. It's not for a sermon. But it is helpful mm -hmm. to go and say, we can trust this word, and when it, and we can trust that it was written when it was, uh, even though it, it's talking about detailed things that are yet to come, mm -hmm. because that's God. God was informing his prophetic writers. Which I think is becoming a fundamental question in churches today. How do we tackle the Old Testament? Or do we? Do, do we spend time right. reading it? And, and how do we honor the ironic New Testament passage? It says, oh yeah, all right. scripture is profitable. So let's, you know, the whole counsel of the Lord. Right. And so that's that's the question. And, and Abby, you and I can share some thoughts too. How should one prepare, be it spiritually in their heart or even just systematically as they study, to, a, to apply Old Testament scripture in their life uh, while honoring honoring that principle. Yeah. What are some ways to make the book of Daniel resonate, but not to such a degree where you could say, oh, somebody must have written this 700 yeah. years later, or that part doesn't apply, that part's not important, but this is. Yeah. Well, I, I, two New Testament passages come to mind. One is Romans 15, 4, that says, whatever was written in earlier times, Paul wrote, was written for our instruction, so that through perseverance and the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. So why mm -hmm. swim in this? Why study, you know, why read obscure people that happened 2,500 years ago? Because it, there was a sovereign purpose. It was mm -hmm. written, hope. yeah, it was written for our instruction. Mm -hmm. So that through perseverance, through patient endurance um, and encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. Mm. So we read and study those Old Testament scriptures. It's to infuse in us hope because nothing is new under the sun. Mm -hmm. After last week, uh, someone came up and mentioned how, um, or this past Sunday, someone came up and mentioned how encouraging it is, I even used the word, because just as things and problems and national issues mm -hmm. were plaguing those people 25, 2600 years ago, they are today too. Mm -hmm. And so to make mm -hmm. those connections, mm -hmm. That we need hope and to know that there's a God who worked in these situations um, it's helpful and it's a call to persevere um, the other thing is 1st Corinthians 10 when uh, Paul is writing the Corinthians and he's talking about the people of Israel they all 
came out of Egypt and blah, blah, blah. And he says in verse 6, now these things happen as examples for us. These things happen to, to be an example for us so that we would not crave evil things as they also crave. So there again, why should we, why should we read this stuff? Um, because it says something about the character of God and this is how he acted in the Old Testament. Guess what? He hasn't changed. Mm -hmm. So we have to guard against that. Verse 11 says, now these things happened to them as an example. And they were written for our instruction upon whom the ends of the ages have come. So th there's real value. Um, it's, there's, a great, there's great examples. There's great lessons that we can glean from there. Um, 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, reproof, correction, training. So all these things that we read, God can teach us things about himself, his character, how he acted in the past. It's for reproof. What do we need to guard against? Uh, you know, training us in righteousness. So there's, there's great value. It's God's written word that is inspired, this Old Testament. And when he said that, all scripture, he was talking predominantly about the Old Testament. So um, um, we should never ignore it. And we should easily, we can easily make a case that spending time in it has great spiritual value. Mm -hmm. um, but like any Bible study, you have to understand it's it hard, in its right? context mm -hmm. and understand what was the original author's intent here when the, when the people read it, what was their intent? Mm -hmm. And then how does that transfer over to us today? But there's nothing new and under that's the sun. The, and that's the tension in the sermon as well, which I appreciated the application and you specifically took time to talk to seniors mm -hmm. and, and how can we take this seriously and look at the world and look at the application of it and, and realize, which was convicting for me, especially in my life and ministry and growing up in the church, like the Old Testament is not there for my burden, it's there for my benefit, but it feels like a burden. If, if I approach it wrongly or mm -hmm. it's just, it's just, Mark, it's just not as easy to read as the New Testament. It's yeah. not as shiny, not as polished. Where's the Jesus guy? Yeah. But you, so you dig and then you, that meta narrative, that God, he's there. Yeah. It, right. 66 books whisper in his name. Yeah. So find out how. And then I think then and only then we get to the application of it. Yeah. Like the, right. so what about me? Yeah. yeah. Well, um, and similar to how you were saying the historical context and geographical context is helpful for Daniel, the Old Testament is that same context for the New Testament. That's right. It just mm -hmm. kind of gives us that, yeah. that lesson, that context for why things happen the way they did. That's right. It, it, it is a, it's a combined whole, the, the scripture. The old saying is, the new is in the old concealed, the old is in the new revealed. So there, there is a, I think that's fairly accurate it's a nice little pithy sounding thing but you know it, it's yeah, there you can see it yeah it's yeah good. so it's it's very valuable yeah there's there's a lot of things um that 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 could have been added um yeah i i would have loved to spend more time with jeremiah mm -hmm. ezekiel was one of he he was part of the second deportation so when he saw the vision of the glory of God leaving, I, I'm sure that was shortly after Josiah was killed. Mm -hmm. And because Josiah's son, you read about, you keep reading in Kings and Chronicles, Jehoiakim, I mean, I mean, he, what, what are they thinking? They go back to doing bad stuff. And it's like, 
why didn't you teach your kids better that <laughs> way? And, and then, and then, you know, yeah, it just, it, but the Ezekiel is probably taken off in 598 in that second deportation. So the things he's read, writing uh, are very interesting, but Jeremiah and Lamentations, I mean, you can, you can, and if you wanted to, you can go back and read Nahum that wrote about the fall of Nineveh when the Babylonians came there. And so it's, it's, um, there's a lot. Um, there's a lot. That's where we have podcasts, but also um, biblical training centers mm -hmm. where that's the value of biblical training centers because mm -hmm. I'm not going to go in depth. Right. Can you imagine? People would be bored out of their mind if yeah. I said some of the stuff I'd love to say <laughs> that I'm studying. And they, yeah. they would be like, oh, come you on, gotta Mark. you got to be kidding me. Get yeah. rid of this guy. Now's not the time for that. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, so yeah and that's the, that's the importance of community groups as well. <laughs> then get, get in a context where you can say, what, it, what stood out to you? What do you think of that? How, what does that look like in your life? So we can all kind of do this yeah, thing together. Yeah, so. yeah, it's, yeah, it's fun. You know, I hope that we walk away with the sense, too, that Bible study is exciting, it's fun, it's um, challenging, but um, but it, it, it is, it's inspired scripture and God is, is going to speak through us um, mm -hmm. through these stories and these accounts as an example of how we ought to live, that we will have encouragement, that we will persevere under the days we live in and have hope, mm -hmm. as, as it says. It's good. Hey, I did want to mention. Yeah, um, please do. Not that anybody is asking this, but uh, I did want to say once in a while people ask about Bibles and study Bibles. So I just want to throw out. Yeah, I've I've got multiple you know study Bibles mm -hmm. that I've acquired over the years, and um, I just a comparison um, or contrast with some of them. The two study Bibles that I have found. Um, just like in this last sermon or, the, or these passages that have the most interesting and helpful notes, the study notes, there is the New King James Study Bible mm -hmm. that um, is done by Thomas Nelson. Mm -hmm. And um, they, they've got really, really good notes. I mean, it's, it's, they're, they're more thorough than sure. others. Um, I also have the, the ESV study Bible that is printed by Crossway mm -hmm. um, that is helpful. doesn't quite have quite as many notes, but the, the New King James uh, um, study Bible um, has tons of them. Mm -hmm. And then I have an archaeological study Bible mm -hmm. that just talks about mm -hmm. those types of things, culture and archaeological discoveries, mm -hmm. um, which I think I... It's it's fascinating to read. Yeah. Now it's going to be dated. I it's I can't remember when it was published because they discover new stuff all the time. Mm -hmm. Right. But um, that's another thing. Like where do, so where do you get all this information about Nebo and Nabopolassar and all this stuff? Because <laughs> they dig it up. Yeah. There, there's something called the Babylonian Chronicle, and it's a it's it's. It, it, it is, I can't remember. I think it was discovered maybe a hundred years ago in 1921. It's not a weekly newsletter. That's not a weekly, it was, <laughs> it, yeah. Or there's something else called the, um, 
Uh, the Babylon Bee. I read yeah, that. Babylon one. Bee. That's a little different. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Can you imagine yeah. digging that up? Two hundred. You know, twenty five hundred years from now. What were these people thinking? But there yeah. are interesting though. Yeah. The, there are thousands upon thousands of artifacts. A lot of them in the British Museum or different places of things. Sometimes little pieces of of mm -hmm. little things, but it like they found uh, they saw written in there Jehoiakim. Or, you know, so things that affirm uh, the, the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I remember when I was studying uh, Isaiah that not too long ago, maybe in the last 25 years or so, 30 years, they dug up near Hezekiah, near Hezekiah's tomb, the king, uh, a, a signet ring. And on the signet ring, it said, uh, prophet, the prophet Isaiah. The, 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 in Hebrew, the pro, it might have been his own, hmm. you know, ring yeah. or something. So there's so much that is affirming. Mm -hmm. Nothing has been disproven in the mm -hmm. Bible over all the centuries of archaeological discoveries. That's a the, that's another fascinating oh, um, yeah. a study. Is so when you get into these things, yeah, they they. They're, they're just not guessing about some of these things about Nabopolassar, Nebuchadnezzar. Right. That's stuff that's We've actually from that era. It's Their names are there. The cuneiforms, etchings are in there. It's yeah. it's amazing. Yeah, it's exciting. Very exciting. Mm -hmm. Very cool. More to come, I'm sure. Mark, thank you for being here, brother. Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate it. Abby, thank you. Yeah, appreciate cool. it. Uh, for all our listeners and viewers, remember that we love to hear from you guys. You can send over your thoughts, questions, or requests at fbcva.org slash podcasts. Write us your notes and comments. Also, be sure to check out our other podcast platforms on our YouTube page. Uh, the fact of the matter, everybody, is that sermons are not meant to take an hour, but rather transform a lifetime. Until next week, much love. God bless. 